Everyone, hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off Tractate Megillah, the third chapter, 23b, on the bottom, the new mission. Two lines from the bottom. Whoever is called up to the Torah, you're not allowed to read less than three verses. When they have a translator, so the reader has to stop after each verse and allow the translator to translate and then continue. Otherwise, you may confuse the translator. You read more than one puzzle. We continue on 24a, Ubanavi. If you're, read, if you're reading the prophets, then the, tra- then the, the reader could read three psukim and then allow the translator to translate. Oh, you shalashtan shalash parshiyas. If the three verses from the prophets are three separate paragraphs. Others, others say that even if they discuss three separate topics, even if it's the same paragraph. But uh, the Baratanuda says no. He's talking about if it's three separate paragraphs. And even in the prophets, you have to read one at a time and allow the translator to translate and then continue after each verse. Then the Mishnah continues. Medalgim and Novi. We're allowed to skip from one section of the prophet to another section. Be medalgim, but the Torah you're not allowed to skip. From one section to another, like the jump ahead, the jump ahead, like read here and then jump, jump to a something further on in the book, skip to something further on in the book. So when you skip, you become distracted. So in the prophets, which he not, it's not relevant halacha. To, it's not about mitzvahs, so, so it doesn't doesn't bother us if the hear if the listener will be distracted. That's when the kiddush club meets. The Also, when you jump from one one idea to another idea, it's hard to keep track. You know, you lose. You can't jump. The speaker has to s- stick to the theme. You have to speak one at theme. You know, people who speak and they throw everything in, including the kitchen sink. You know, every idea. You know, so <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. You become completely distracted. It's good for your stomach. It's not good for your brain. How much are you allowed to skip on reading the prophets? Actually, until with the translator would have to pause. So while the, the translator is translating, you can roll, roll, it, roll the scroll and skip ahead and, and read, read a different section in the Navi. But, but to, wait, to keep the congregation waiting in silence, that you're not allowed to do. It's disrespectful to the congregation. So as long as you're not wasting the time of the congregation. So there's no inherent problem of jumping from one, one thing to the other in the prophets. We don't mind, but as long as it's respectful for the congregation. That's the mission. Look, me. Why three psukim? Why? Well, what does it correspond to? What does it parallel to? By the way, Tesis points out that in today's day and age, even in prophets, the reader reads one verse, and then allows the uh, the the, the uh, interpreter to interpret. Um, 
Because because today's day and age, you will come to make a mistake even in the prophet. You, know, you can't keep three three psukim in your head. You know, the generations are the minute. So. Um, <coughs> so the mother says, why are these three these three psukim are parallel to what? I'm never tater and the a mix of the tater is divided into three. So therefore, you have to read a minimum of three verses. But even in the prophet, when you are allowed to read three verses and then and then allow the interpreter to interpret, so he says that if it's three different uh, paragraphs, you're not allowed. Could go and give us an example. For example, it says in Isaiah, Hashem." So said Hashem. You were sold for free. You're not going to be redeemed with money. Redemption won't come about through anything material. Redemption is a spiritual state of being. So you were sold for free, and you won't be redeemed for, with money. And then the following verse, the next verse, so said Hashem. So it's like a whole new, a whole new uh, theme. My people went down initially to Egypt. Also, also only when you have too to live there um, and then and then a third verse and following verse is an entire, entirely separate theme the, uh, what, do, what do I have here says Hashem because they took my nation for, for nothing and my name is, is, is like, like desecrated so it's three verses, but each verse is a separate theme. So in this case, even in the prophet, you can only read one verse at a time, allow the interpreter to interpret the verse, and then move on to the next Then the mission says, You're allowed to skip from one 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 portion to another portion, but not in the title. I'll ask you a question. We learn. We learn that the high priest, when he reads the Torah on Yom Kippur before the entire nation, whoever is in the temple, so first he reads Achrei which is, tells us about the laws of Yom Kippur, and then Achba Aser, which is which is in in Parshas Emmer. So you do skip from Parsha to Parsha. So you see, when you read the Torah, you are allowed to skip from one portion to the other. From Achri Mois, you skip over Kedoshim to Emmer. I'm going to buy the cash. It's not a contradiction. What the Mishnah means is, and the Torah, you're not allowed to skip. If, if it if it's, will take longer, then the translator translates, and you're still rolling, that you're not allowed to do. But in the prophet, you're allowed to skip even further, even if it's further along, even when the interpreter finishes interpreting, you're still rolling, it's allowed. In fact, no matter what do you mean? What we learn in this in Mishnah, the Mishnah concludes, in our Mishnah, and when you say he's allowed to skip in the prophets, till when is he allowed to skip? 
Because in the prophet, yes, we don't mind that he jumps from one subject to the other and he skips ahead. But as long as he's not disrespectful to the congregation, just have the congregation silent, waiting silently. The interpreter finished interpreting and you're still rolling, that's prohibited. That means in the Torah, when he says you're, allowed to, you're not allowed to skip, means you're not allowed to skip even if, if you don't have to wait. Yes, it's true, from Achrei Mois till Ember, Achbar is not so long. It doesn't take so long to roll. Mm-hmm. It's enough time while the interpreter is interpreting, you have enough time to roll, but that's not allowed in the Torah. So you're rather Abai answers like Kash, it's not a contradiction. The problem you're not allowed to skip is because you can't you can't read the two different things. You know, you can't give a speech about one thing and then all of a sudden you start talking about something else entirely. You know, our brains don't work that way. We have to process. So you're gonna when you teach in Torah, which is halacha, mitzvahs, you're gonna completely confuse me, you're gonna lose me. So the, but in here, you're talking about Yom Kippur, it's the same theme. In Parshas Achrei Mois, in Parshas Emre, you're reading the portion that deals about Yom Kippur. So that's not a problem. On a typical Shabbos, how many do you lose? Not a single one. Not a single one. But when you're not allowed to skip, and the mission says you're not allowed to skip in the Torah at all, even if you're not... Even if you're not distracting the, 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 the even if you're not um, disrespecting the community, because you have enough time while the interpreter is interpreting the role. But if you're reading something else entirely, a new a new parsha, a new subject, that you're not allowed to do. We learned in the Baraisim, in Torah you allowed to skip if it's the same theme. Like Yom Kippur, but as long as it's very close. You can't, you can't keep the community hanging, it's not nice. As long as you're not keeping the community hanging, if it's the same theme, it's not a problem. Mishnein Yonim, you're not allowed to. In two separate, uh, separate uh, themes, not allowed to. But in the Navi, even two separate themes. Because what do we care if we get distracted? It's just the Navi. It's not a, it's not a halach. It's not mitzvah. Even in the Navi, you can't be disrespectful for the congregation. And also being in Echad, also in the Torah. One Indian, you're allowed to skip as long as it's nearby, as long as you have enough time to roll while the interpreter is interpreting. If you're going to have two separate parshas, right. what should be using a separate to go from one No, but you don't have to, because it's right next to each other, so there's no problem. But, to read the next book, that you're not allowed. That, 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 that's why you have a separate thing. Tani, that we learn another, but I say, you're not allowed to skip from one Navi to the other. Even though you're allowed to skip within the Navi. Within the Navi, you're allowed to skip, even two, two separate themes. But from one prophet to another prophet, that you're not allowed to. But the Treyasa, which are the twelve, which are the minor prophecies, uh, quantity-wise, the minor prophecies, they don't have that much, so they made it into one book, they rolled it up into one book, Treyasa. So in the Navi of Treyasa, you could skip from one to the other, even though it's from one prophet to the other. As long as you're not skipping from one end of the book to its beginning. Why doesn't he say from the beginning to the end? Allowed to skip from one end to the other, but as long as you don't go backwards. You can't go backwards. You can't skip backwards. You have to skip forward, not backwards. Okay. 
Next mission is Akdeh Elikim Mishnah Mafti Ben Navi Yopedes Al Shema. Whoever whoever reads the Navi, the Mafti, the Aftarah, he is the one who advises the Shema. Like we learned earlier. Usually, the one who advises the Shema comes before the Mafti. Rashi explains. She says that the one who is honored, the one who is usually honored to read the Navi, we know in advance that he's going to be honored. He's usually honored. He is the one who's appointed to, before the Mafti. He's the one who also paid us al Shema. He's the one who leads the congregation in the Shema. And he also davens the Shemineshre. He's a chazan, the chazar of who knows his cap of, and if he's a koyin, he lifts his hand to bless the people. Everywhere koyin is obligated. What's special about the, what do you mean, what do you mean the one who reads the maftir? Every koyin is an obligation. It's not just an honor, it's an obligation. So Tesis Yantav explained, he's given the honor to begin the blessing. As if he's the most important koyin there. <laughs> Or the the, the Chagas Ari says to the Evans says that we're talking about a case where if the whole shul we learned in sight that if you have a whole minion of kainim so ten of them should remain in place to answer amen one of them should bless so who's the one who's who's who's, who's designated who goes up to dochen yeah so the one who's the one who's with the mafter he's the one he's the one who goes up but if he's a minor and he's allowed to read the maftir, like we read earlier, according to the mission, is even allowed to be called up to the Torah. But he's allowed to read the maftir, surely he's allowed to read the maftir, even till today. He's allowed to read the maftir. But he, so he can't do the other things. He can't, be, he can't really lead the Shema, he can't lead the Chazar Sashat, he can't lead the Brichas Koenim. So, his father's teacher go up on his behalf. First the father, he takes precedence over the teacher, and then if the, if the father can't, then the, the teacher goes. Cotton kate batata matarge, a minor could read the tater for the congregation and he can just translate it for them. He can't divide the Shema and he can't lead the congregation, it can't be the Shliach Tzibur. In Chazar Sashat, when he says Kapa, when he can't uh, lift up his hands to bless, to be alone. Of course, he can go with his father, he can go with the other Kayan, but he can't. If he's the only Kayan, he can't. Someone whose legs are exposed. Others say his upper body, part of his body is exposed. Someone who's exposed. He's not covered. I looked in that book. may divide the Shema and serve as a translator. But he can't read the Torah. I said no problem. Because it's the meaning for the Torah. It's not respectful. Someone who's not covered properly is reading the Torah. You know, someone to be called up to the Torah, that's right, someone's walking around in shorts, you can call them up to the Torah. It's like ridiculous. It's yeah, not, not respectful. 
He can't lift his hands to bless the people. Summa, someone who's blind, could lead the congregation in the Shema. Anyone who was born blind, cannot lead the congregation in the Shema. Because in the Shema, what's the blessing that you make? You're talking about light. How could someone who's blind lead the congregation and blessing Hashem for light when he was born blind? Someone who wasn't born blind, at least he knows what light is. You know, we have no idea, but someone who was born blind doesn't even know what... He can't even imagine what, the sight, what sight is like. can't even imagine a color. Can't, if you don't have it, you can't imagine it doesn't have it. He was never born, born blind. So how could he make a blessing? That's the mission. Look, they're looking more of my time. What's the reason that the Maftir is given all these honors? Papa says, because since he agreed to read the which is like the least honorable, it's not an honor, so at least we want to compensate him. We want to give him, you know, give him rishon. That's an honor. Shlishi is an honor. Shishi. Children get the avteira. Whatever. The Rebbe would only get the avteira. That's the exact opposite. But it's not an honor. So therefore, you have to make up for him by giving him an honor. That's what people get the mafter. That's the daven musaf. You have to make up for it. You have to give him an honor. Because otherwise you're going to come to, to fight. Because the one who leads the prayer usually get paid, gets paid for his... So the mafti who doesn't get paid will get angry. So therefore there shouldn't be any resentment. So the one who reads the mafter, he's the one who, he's the one who reads, who leads the congregation. My benayu, what's the difference? What's the practical difference between these two reasons? Benayu, the difference is David bechinam. If someone who's davening is not, doesn't get paid, so, you, so, there's, so there's no problem. You know, he, no one will get upset. So then the one who reads an after doesn't have to daven. You won't get to be upset at the one who's. But according to the reason that you have to make up, you have to give him something honorable because he read the after to compensate, and even there's nothing with getting paid. You have to compensate. So you have to give him the honor of, of leading the daven. Not we learn a mission with cotton, but if he's a minor, the one who reads the map and is a cotton, So first his father, if not his father, his teacher, they're the ones who do this honor for him. So the reason is because he's gonna be jealous. He didn't get paid. And the chazan did get paid. He's not into money yet. He's a minor. He's living off his parents. 
Elam, so you must, so, you, so you, what are you elamized? So what are you trying to prove? The reason because of honor, cotton by covet, you have to, you have to, you have to make up for honor. A minor, you have to worry about his honor. A minor, it's the biggest honor. They can read the Aftarah. He doesn't care. Ella, he could covet of it, covet rabbi. It's not his honor. It's the honor of his father, the honor of his teacher. That you gave their son or their student such a disrespectful thing, that's why you have to make up for it, and that's why the father and the teacher go daven. So for that same reason, Achinami, can it you oven, so you daven. So maybe so the father and the the, the, or the teacher will get jealous that the son was given a job or the student was given a job that doesn't get paid, versus the one who goes to the yom and gets paid. So for that reason, they should they are the ones who should daven. The father and the teacher they are the ones who should daven. In the Mishnah says a Poichich is not allowed to read the Torah. But maybe it's only an adult. Because the Torah says he can't, he can't, he can't be exposed. It can be a modest, but a minor who is biblically not obligated, maybe it's not a problem if he's exposed. Maybe you should, maybe you should read the Torah naked. You don't have such a question, right? Why not? It's not respectful. It's disrespectful to the congregation. Forget about his personal obligation to be modest. It's disrespectful to the congregation. So if he's exposed, also it's not respectful. It's disrespectful to the congregation. Notwithstanding whether he himself is obligated or not obligated. It's, it's for the public. Mishnah says, Someone who's blind could lead the congregation in the Shema. And Abu Huda says, no, he can't. Someone who's born blind is not allowed to read Shema. He can't read the first blessing of Yetzir HaMoyedes. He can't bless Hashem for the, for the life. Tani Huda Nebrai Tzomel Rabbi Huda Har B'Tzafu Lidrish Mekavar The rabbis responded to Rabbi Huda. Many people sought to expound. On the Merkava and the chariot, although they although they've never seen it, so you can understand something even though you haven't seen it. So a person could understand light and praise Hashem for light, even though he's born blind, even though he never looked at the heavenly bodies of light. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda responded, "Hosam dear, Ba'avnas adaliba talia mils." There, it depends on the understanding of the mind, of the heart. The understanding of the heart, the inner. So to understand spirituality, no one has ever seen, seen anything spiritual. No one has ever seen your soul, let alone the angels. But, but you can, it, it's a feeling of the heart. You have a certain feeling, a certain sense. So therefore, you can expound on it even though you've never seen it with your naked eye. You can concentrate and you can know about it even without seeing it. Here you're blessing Hashem, you're thanking Hashem for benefiting from the light. But Leslie, I know how he never benefited from the light. He never saw once in his life. He has zero benefit from the light. So how can he praise Hashem and bless Hashem? 
What about the heat provided by the sun? The blessing we mentioned the light. We thank Hashem for giving us light. Light and darkness. The whole theme is about light and darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not the heat. Right. Right. When the when the sun is called Chama, Chama comes from the heat. When the sun is called Shemesh, we're focusing on the on the on the light. The focus is on the light. Rabbanon. Rabbanon is And according to the rabbis, he does have a no. Why the rabbis hold a blind person who is born blind could lead the congregation in blessing Hashem for the light? For enjoying the light. Like Abiyasi. All my life, the following verse bothered me. I was troubled by this verse. It says, I'm sorry, it says in Devarim, in Deuteronomy, by the curses, that you will grope in the noon, when the sun is shining, like the blind man gropes in the darkness. What difference does it make to the blind person whether it's, it's dark or, or it's light? Somebody can help him. Until this following episode that happened to me. Once I was going in the middle of the night, it was pitch black. And I saw a blind person walking with a torch in his hand. I said, My son, what do you need a torch? Was the torch going to help you? You're blind. When people see me, not I, I to me it doesn't help. But other people, now that I'm carrying a torch, now they see me, so they'll help me avoid from falling into a ditch, thorns, and and barconin. Yeah. So too, the the blind person is praising Hashem for the light. Not that it makes a difference, but it, may, it helps him because because thank God there's light, so other people can see and other people can help him avoid. Might even the save them from falling in a pit. Those with with vision. Right. But even he's grateful for himself personally. He thanks Hashem for me personally because it helps him. Okay, next mission. Oh, today we're really knocking off the missions. A lot of missionists in this doc. That has a defect is not allowed to do the brichas kain lift up his hands. A koyin whose hands are painted with dye should also not lift his hands. Because because everyone is looking, everyone is looking, everyone will look at it. They won't. They won't. Everyone will stare at him while he's reciting the blessing instead of paying attention to the blessing. No peeking. Right. In other words, you're the main thing, but it's like an right. auxiliary. Okay, that's the mission. When he says defect, on his face and his hands, 
and his feet that's visible. It's visible. Koyans with hands are spotted. It's not, not lift up his hands. We also learned this price that says the same thing. If they're crooked, they're bent, bent over to the side. Right? They're bent forward. Or to the side. Also, you can't raise the hand. This is capital again, because you're going to distract everyone. Will be staring at you instead of paying attention to the brach. No, said that the people from Haifa and people from Beishan are not allowed to lift their hands up. Why? Why not? Because they pronounce an olive like an ayin, an ayin like an olive, and therefore they they, they confuse the words of prayer. They can't do the guttural letters either, like Today we don't know the difference between an olive and an ayin. Unless you're, you're a Yemenite. So, so therefore, today we are allowed to lead. But in those days, if you didn't know the difference, the distinction in olive and ayin, you wouldn't be allowed. They didn't bring the daily burnt offering when you the city. He said, if you were a Levite, the sometimes the Mali we learned earlier, sometimes the Mali means if you were, if you were not. Here it means if you were. If you were a Levi, with a Yud, if you were a Levite, you would be disqualified from Duchening. Why? Doing the priestly blessing. Which the Avi Kola. You have a you have a thick voice, you have a heavy voice. Yeah, because because he, yeah in the yeah, in the, in the, in the base If you were a Levi in the base Amigdash, right, in the base Amigdash the Levian would sing. You would be disqualified because you have you have a thick voice. It's not right. 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 It doesn't blend well with the other kind, with the other Levim. Also, Amalei he went and he told his father. He was like very insulted. Amalei, Zil Amalei, go back and tell Rabchia. Shatamagia, Eitzel, Rechikisi, Lashem. Lenutzas, Mecharef, Magadev. When you say, when you read the verse, and I will hope to Hashem, in Isaiah, aren't you, aren't you uh, blaspheming Hashem? Because Abchia would pronounce the Ches like a hey. V'hikisi l'Hashem. Instead of v'hikisi, you would say v'hikisi, like I hear Hashem. So you're insulting my son, and you have a problem. You say v'hikisi, you say v'hikisi. A koyin whose eyes flow with tears, he's constantly crying. Some say it means he drools over his beard. 
Lisa is kapo. He's not allowed to raise his hands. Because again, everyone will steer at him. We know that the Shekinah doesn't rest on somebody who's depressed. No, he's, no, he's not, crying, not crying because of depression. He's crying because it's a physical ailment. That is, oh. His eyes are constantly tearing. It's a oh. defect. It's a oh. defect. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The doctor says, Atzatcha is only on the tactical strategy of war. Yeah? Like the Gemara, the Gemara, there was a Kayin who lived in the neighborhood of Rabun, Rabbi Paris Yode, and he would spread his hands, even though his eyes were constantly tearing, and Abhuna didn't object, and the mother, who does be they have, uh, because that Koyin was a familiar figure, so no one would stare at him anymore, everyone got used to it already, if he got used to it, then it's not a problem, but I says, but if everyone got used to it, then it's allowed. Oh, but Rabbi Eichel, Rabbi Eichel said, the summa bachas menol, he says, kapo, someone who's blind in one eye, is not allowed to raise his hand. Certainly, if he's blind in both eyes. Certainly, he's blind if he's blind in both eyes. Again, because because everyone will stare at him. In other words, if it's obvious that he's blind, if it's not apparent that he's blind, then then, then it's not a problem. In fact, he lived in the neighborhood. He would go up, and Rabbi Echon didn't protest, and even though he was blind in one eye. Again, everyone knew him, so it wasn't a problem. Everyone knows him, it's allowed, and they're not worried they're going to steal. But anyone whose hands are stained is not allowed to raise his hands. Most of the people in the city are painters or yeah, dying business. So again, no one's going to steal because everyone, everyone is no big deal. Right. A regular person, it's very strange that so you're going to be distracted and steer at his hands. Next Mishnah. For the Yamin. Unless I wear colored clothing, even if he's wearing white clothing, he shouldn't go to the Yamin because we're worried that maybe he's a heretic. And that's why he insists on going in colored clothing. Your mother will explain. The sandal in the If he says I'm not going to daven, if I'm wearing a sandal, then even without a sandal, even if he's barefoot, he's not allowed. Or barefoot either. Oh, he said, Philosophy Agul, if he makes his tefillin round, Sakona, you endanger yourself, and there's no mitzvah, because we learn from Allah, the tefillin, the head tefillin have to be square. So you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin, and it's dangerous. You can bump your head into it. You're entering into a doorway, and it may puncture your brain, it may, it may harm yourself. If you put the tefillin on your forehead, or you'll pass the other on your hand, that is a derechaminas. That's the way of heretics. Yeah, I once had an English teacher who insisted between the eyes, literally, on his nose between the eyes. He was like one of these heretics. He only accepted the written Torah. 
ايه محمد ف Or if he placed the arm tefillin on his garment sleeve instead of on his, on his biceps. This is the way of outsiders. In other words, these are people who follow their own judgment. They're outside. They don't follow tradition. So is, is it kosher tefillin or is not? If you cover your tefillin with gold. He covers the parchment of his tefillin with gold. He says, no, everything in the tefillin, including the boxes, has to be made of parchment. Anything you're allowed to from a kosher animal. Oh, okay. Even the threads. Right. So it has so to be edible. So when, right, when, even the threads. When, when, so anything material that's not edible is not kosher material for tefillin. If you put the tefillin on the arm, on your sleeve of your garments, so the Torah says it has to be a sign for you. Not for others, but for yourself. So if you put it on the sleeve, it means it's only for show, for others. Not on your body. If you put it on your biceps, then it's a sign for yourself. You're wearing it. Your body is wearing it. It's on your body directly. If others see it, it doesn't matter. The main thing is that you feel it. It's on your body. Okay, that's the mission. Your mother explains my timer. Why, if a person says, I'm only going to go to the chazan, I'm only going to be a chazan, I'm wearing dyed clothes, colored clothes. He's not allowed to send them up even if he's wearing white clothes. Because we're worried, maybe. He became a heretic. Idolaters. Oh, so he says, no, I'm not going to go up. I'm not going to go up to the, to the Ahmed with wearing colored clothing. Because heretics would only wear white. Or they wouldn't wear sandals. So even if he's wearing white, we don't allow him to go. Because he's a heretic. Why does he insist on wearing white? He's a heretic. It's not coming. He doesn't say anywhere in the Torah you have to wear white. So it's a heretic. So therefore, even if he wears white, we don't allow. Why does he insist he can't wear sandals? So then we don't allow him to go even if he's, even if he's barefoot because he's a heretic. That was the way of the heretics. Maybe that was the way of the Essenes, you know, those who didn't believe in the old Torah. That was their code. They would dress white, they would take off their sandals. They had their own stick. But it's not based, it's not based on the Torah. It's not based on the Torah. Therefore, the stitching has to be square. When you stitch the tefillin, the base of the tefillin, 
You have to make sure, don't pull the stitches over too tightly, because it has to be a perfectly square. If you put it too tight, the leather is going to curl, it won't be square. And then also, Balach also the diagonal of a perfect square is how much? One, one and two-fifths. So you have to be careful that the diagonal has to meet this requirement. If it's perfectly square, then the diagonal will be one point two fifths. One point four four, the square root of two. Okay. Amen. Papa, the case of our Mishnah, like tefillah, was made round like a nut, like an egg. Well, that's not kosher. No, it could be that our Mishnah means the Mishnah is talking about not just round, it's dangerous. If tefillah are rounded at the bottom and on all sides, then they can penetrate a skull. But if tefillin were left like an egg or a nut, right. so they can have a round, ba- a flat bottom. It maybe would be acceptable. You can't, you can't bring a proof in the Mishnah. The Mishnah doesn't say it has to be square. The Mishnah just said it cannot be if it's completely round. Right, if it's completely round, like, completely round, like a nut, like an egg, then it's dangerous. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, if you have a flat base and then it's round, maybe it is good. It doesn't say it has to be square. No, yeah, he's not saying the Mishnah argues in the right, but you can't bring a proof in the Mishnah. Okay. Yes, we'll be continued tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.